0: Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And today we're talking about eggs. That's
1: right, Sarah. All about eggs and their quality. This is a topic that you love. Excellent. <laughs> what can I say? What can you say? You love eggs. I do. How do you like your eggs? Uh scrambled, I guess. <laughs> I like a scrambled egg. I like eggs benedict. I like eggs benedict. I like a sunny side up egg. I really like an over easy egg on
0: biscuits and gravy. Is over easy kind (sighs) of like a sunny side up where the top's cooked? No. Oh. Well,
1: sometimes. They're similar. Sunny side up and over easy are similar. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, I know what you don't want is scrambled eggs in your ovaries. No. No, you do not. Or hard-boiled eggs. You don't want those either. (laughs) Overcooked (laughs) eggs are bad. Right. Undercooked eggs are bad in your ovaries, too. You want the perfect kind of egg. Perfectly Whatever that is to you. Yes. (laughs) Before we talk about eggs. Before we get into eggs. Yes. (laughs) Jinx. business (laughs) business <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so the business this week I'm going to give an update about KJ oh, okay. so we asked KJ about the women in the military being pregnant and she gave us a short update so I wanted to let everyone know because she talked about there being a stigma of women she's active duty in the military in the Navy so she gave us a quick update on sailors, and she basically told us that women, as soon as they find out they're pregnant, they are removed from any potentially unsafe hazards, which is great news. Um, like if they're deployed, they get sent home. or If they're out at sea, they get, they get to a shore command uh, for the duration of the pregnancy and then 12 months postpartum. Which is a long time. This was a long time, which is great. And for those 12 months, they don't have to deploy. Right. So. Um, which is good. That's encouraging to hear that the uh, U.S. government is taking care of our mamas in the military. Uh, and then she also said fathers get a few weeks of paternity leave. And recently, the Department of Defense made some changes to the language in the paternity leave policy and added some second caregiver leave and made changes to the adoption leave. For dual military couples, so yes. that is great, too. And sh- they're going to adopt. Is that right? I think that's where they are headed right now. Yeah. They're in the adoption process, correct. The long so, process, unless you get lucky somehow. Yeah. I don't... I... Yeah, there's more than one person in our Facebook group that has been talking about adoption recently. hmm And... Yeah, I wonder how it's going for her. So maybe she'll give us another update on that. <laughs> um, but she, as far as the stigma goes, she, it. I guess she said it comes from like sailors who then have to be deployed because this person's pregnant because they were going to go. And now this other person's going or sea duty or just picking up the, picking up the slack for the pregnant woman.
0: Yeah. Which, which is, would
1: I mean, I could see that. Yeah. 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 And I could see it being worse in a job like in the military more so than like, you know, your average data entry type <laughs> job <laughs> yeah. being a little bit bigger deal to fill in the blanks for someone in the military. So um, I, I, I'm still I'm sure it's still hard to be a pregnant person.
0: But they could probably find a replacement who knows what to do without training them all over. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm sure they've got a... a systems in place and stuff but yeah i could still see it being like you know like made to feel bad for getting pregnant at the quote wrong time and stuff like that but seems like for the most part she has very positive things to say about pregnancy in the military so
0: that's great for that update kj another business item is the giveaway for An IVF care package. And no, you do not have to be doing IVF to win. But the stuff in the care package is meant—it's stuff we think helps with IVF. But you can use it other times. The giveaway is really cool,
1: though. It's an insulated cooler bag with all kinds of IVF essentials in it to go along with your IVF cycle. All the things you'll need to survive.
0: I mean, not like meds. <laughs> we wish we could get those away. We're not that generous. <laughs> We're talking socks. Yeah. And maybe yeah. some little ice packs. Yeah, maybe a few pregnancy tests. Oh, man I I would be happy to get some pregnancy tests. Yeah. Those are expensive.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: they are. Like,
1: especially, especially when you're addicted to peeing on sticks. Yes. Oh
0: my gosh. They are so expensive. I know. I know. I don't have to tell you guys. Nope.
1: (laughs) Anyway, okay, let's get into eggs, Sarah. Let's talk about eggs.
0: So, before we talk about improving egg quality, let's talk about tests for egg quality, which. Yeah. Really, you don't know how the egg quality is until you're doing IVF and they get the eggs out and they can see them and see how they act.
1: Right. I read that over and over again, that a lot of women will then get like, oh, you have crappy eggs after they've done IVF. There's a few things you can do before. That was that you're me. about to talk about. Yeah. Oh, Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they, there's only so much they can know without actually
0: having seeing the egg. Yes. Yeah, so there what are some of those tests, though. Uh, the antra follicle count, which is an ultrasound that they do at the beginning of your cycle or, or while you like the beginning of your menstrual cycle mm-hmm. or while you're on birth control. So they're seeing all of the little follicles you have on your ovaries and they count them and they want do you know how many they want to see no i just no i i'm not exactly sure of the range but they i
1: mean they have it they know now like based on how many they can count if it means you've got a nice high ovarian reserve or if it's kind of low
0: yeah so uh for do you remember yours I don't. <laughs> for me, I had a lot, which is a sign of PCOS. Correct. Uh, I had like 25 to 30 at least on each ovary, I think. Yeah. Woo. So a lot of these little follicles, which that's what they see as far as your string of pearls for PCOS. Exactly. So, they're um, really
1: looking for that primo number because they don't want there to be too many or too little. Right. Of the follicles. Like, they're not actually counting the eggs. They can't see the eggs. They're counting the follicles.
0: And those follicles may or may not contain eggs, too. Exactly. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm not even sure how many they want to see. They want to see some, at least. Yeah. Like seven <laughs> on each. I'm just, th- I'm just throwing a number out there. Seven seems good. <laughs> Ask your doctor. <laughs> when you do IVF, the magic number of eggs to retrieve is 15. Did you know oh, that? who told you that? Dr. Uh, Google and... <laughs> I disagree with Dr. Google. Well, it's between 10 and 15, usually, depending on your doctor's goal. What do you mean by the magic number, though? Uh, For cycles that result in pregnancy, they want to see between 10 and 15 eggs retrieved. And then if they retrieve 15 eggs, they'll see 12 mature, like numbers wise. And then they'll see... 10 fertilize like it goes down yeah your numbers are almost always go down and but then not always to get good quality embryos usually they see between 10 and 15 eggs retrieved
1: yeah but then i've seen i've seen people just get four eggs and all four are mature and all four fertilize. and right. people go on to ha- and then i've seen the opposite where someone gets like 25 eggs and like two thirds of them are not mature. Yeah. So I feel like that number you really, sh- I would like not pay much. In other words, if you go through IVF and you get, you only get 10, don't be discouraged because they might be 10 really good. At, like well, 10 quality, is a good number. Quality is always better than quantity. Yes. Always.
0: My doctor was, go- my second round, my doctor was going for quantity over quality mm. <laughs> like he was trying mm. to get as many eggs as possible and hopefully get one or two good embryos out of it yeah because of yeah. my past right
1: uh cycle i mean i'm sh- yeah right when you got none
0: yeah so it depends on your doctor's uh, approach and maybe if you've had a failed cycle or not like if it's your first yeah. cycle they're going to be going for 15 usually I, don't, I think it really depends on the person. Depends on your situation. But if, say, your you're unexplained, they're going to probably yeah. be going for... push for a f- lot. Yeah. 15 to 20, I'd guess. They... Yeah. I mean, I think they're just playing the odds
1: game. Like you said, if they don't have anything else to go on, they're going to try to get as many as they can because they know those numbers quickly drop. Like you talked about, like the number of mature eggs and the number of eggs that fertilize Mm -hmm. and the number of eggs that make it to blastocyst. It's like, you know, your numbers just most people don't end up with the same
0: amount of embryos as eggs. (laughs) Unless they have a small amount of eggs. Then they might, and then sometimes end up they do with yeah. that many embryos, assuming they're good. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, another test they do for egg quality or egg reserve is the three-day FSH test, which is follicle stimulating hormone, and this one relates to your egg reserve because when you have a lower egg reserve this number will be higher because your body is pushing out more of this follicle stimulating hormone because it thinks you're going into menopause yeah right because that F-
1: <laughs> yeah that right the, it, that FSH is produced by the pituitary gland that's what stimulates the follicle growth in your ovaries to mature and release an egg so if that number is really high like you said that could
0: that could be a sign that you're yeah, your reserve is low. And your pituitary gland did not get the message to stop the production. Right. That's why all those uh, follicle stimulating hormones
1: come from menopausal women, ladies. Because they have higher <laughs>
0: numbers.
1: Because they have really high FSH. Yeah. A P from menopausal women.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> it but is hey, super weird. you do what you have to do. Hey, it works. Give me some of that old lady pee. <laughs> some people are probably going to go to their grandma and be like, can I get some of your pee? <laughs> uh, grandma, I have a, <laughs> I have a request. It'll be like <laughs> that uh, HCG pee. Do you remember, like, how ma- however many years ago, seven years ago, where that one diet was really popular? No. It, they, they barely ate anything and then they'd put uh pee from pregnant women under their tongues.
1: Oh my gosh, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: At Where my do you internship find this stuff. <laughs> no, at my the internship I was doing the manager was doing this and she was so angry. Oh, all the time.
1: Well, well I I would be was probably angry if hungry. I was drinking
0: uh Pregnant lady pee,
1: too. Yeah. I don't recommend that as a diet, ladies. <laughs> don't drink pregnant I don't lady pee either.
0: either. <laughs> okay. And, what's that other one? The AMH. The anti Mullerian hormone. So that's what your resting follicles produce uh, when there, it, it's a hormone you're. Follicles produce when they're at rest. And then if you So, have, like the early stage of your cycle again? Uh, the It's just those follicles that are not like being Active. picked up to go yeah. in. To ovulate. Yeah. Yeah. It's predominal stage yeah. or primordial stage. Pri- primordial? Primordial state. Yeah. <laughs> Right.
1: (laughs) And if you have a low AMH, what is that telling? It means you're going towards a lower ovarian reserve. Right. And then because I feel like you see that a
0: lot. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I have a low AMH. What does that mean? It means you have a lower ovarian reserve. And if it's higher, if it's higher than five, or depending on your test range, it could mean you have PCOS. Right. Because, because you have all these follicles sitting there that haven't been released. They're just hanging out. Yeah. Remember? They're the millennials, not <laughs> getting the
1: message. Do you consider
0: yourself <laughs> a millennial?
1: I consider myself with one foot in each camp in the millennials and the, the Gen Xers. Yeah. I'm Those square. Like, I half the time identify with one and the other half with the other. Those Gen Xers
0: are jaded. <laughs> and you millennials are too optimistic (laughs) no that's what that's what they said in my marketing classes in college
1: oh well that's because we went we went through the (laughs) dot-com
0: bust. that's why well they're the latchkey kids yeah they were raised by tv and their parents were all working they're alone. Yeah, they, a lot. we
1: had to like fend for th- fend for ourselves. Like nobody handed us a trophy after every single freaking baseball game. And there's
0: not very many because Gen Xers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> are we dying? No, no. Compared to <laughs> baby boomers, and then and millennials. Yeah, that's true. Because the ba- the uh, millennials are the children of the baby boomers. Yep. So it's there's true. a lot of them. <laughs> But anyway. Yeah, I'm sure you guys (laughs) wanted to hear about that. Yeah. Are you a millennial or are you a Gen Xer or are you something else? Well, Generation Y, I thought was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's not a millennial, is it? I don't think so. I don't know. Anyway. Well,
1: (laughs) (laughs) can you talk a little bit about why egg quality is important? Like, why is this something we should focus on? I mean, I feel like it de- your egg quality is going to determine your embryo quality.
0: Like, well, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So, and poor egg quality is like is often associated with chromosomal abnormalities in embryos cuz they pass
0: on their whatever's funky about them onto an embryo. And it's not the egg's fault that they're like that. It's other things no. acting on the eggs. That's true so all my information almost from here on out is from the book it starts with the egg which is my favorite she loves that book i love it you should go (laughs) read it it is by rebecca fett and it's all about egg quality and how to improve it and prevent miscarriage And before you get
1: into that, I want to put like, I just want to give a disclaimer to everyone that even the woman with the most perfect eggs, quote unquote, has weird ones, too. Yes. We're all born. When you're born, you already have all the eggs that you're ever going to have. You can't like recreate new eggs. And there's some of them that are just duds. Right. So part of (laughs) you was in your
0: grandma with your mom. That's Right. Part of your DNA. No, it goes I mean, all the way back. You as an egg, right, was in yeah. your grandma. <laughs> Think
1: about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. All that to say, don't beat yourself up that you might have some bad. Like,
0: it's not your a few eggs. few bad eggs in there. It's not your <laughs> eggs that are bad, though.
1: It makes me well, so sad
0: when people say their eggs are bad. Like. When I say that, it's things acting on your eggs, which I will explain. Yes. Please explain. Okay.
1: Are you going to give us some causes of bad egg quality?
0: I am. Okay, let's do it. I will. So, the beginning of this book starts and it says even in women under 35 up to a quarter of eggs are um, messed up, basically. Wonky. Yeah, they're wonky. And... This means if you are young and healthy without any fertility issues, there will still be many ovulation cycles in which you have little potential to conceive. Uh So that's probably why they say, wait, 12 months. They're thinking about those.
1: The wonky eggs or the wonky sperm.
0: Yeah. Um, In women over 40, more than half of the eggs may be chromosomally abnormal, which isn't the egg's fault uh but in fact by some measures the rates of abnormalities in women over 40 are as high as 70 to 80%. So that's why you see a lot of down syndrome in children right. of mothers over 40. Okay, yeah,
1: just cuz they have a higher
0: percentage of eggs that are chromosomally abnormal. Right. So, for the egg cycle, approximately four months before ovulation, a small pool of immature eggs begin to grow, and while most will die off naturally, one lead egg will be selected from the pool to finish maturing. And that's why I say do stuff like three to four months before your cycle to improve your eggs, or to prepare your eggs for IVF. Yeah. Yeah. Because nothing you do
1: the week before is going to make a hill of beans, as my grandfather would say. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's not going to matter at that point. you got to do
0: it in advance. You you have to plan. So (laughs) before the ovulation process, uh, during the time between when you're a little baby in the womb to when you're going to ovulate, the eggs have a lot of opportunities to accumulate damage as a part of aging Mm. but um, most of those chromosomal errors like down syndrome actually occur shortly before ovulation in a later stage of a process called meiosis meiosis? meiosis (laughs) meiosis? I think it's meiosis actually (laughs) so okay Meiosis involves carefully aligning chromosome copies along the middle of the egg and then pulling one set to each end of the egg in a network of microscopic tubules. (laughs) Crazy. And this is all
1: happening right before ovulation, you said. Like the four months before ovulation.
0: Yeah, as that egg is getting ready to possibly ovulate. Yeah, Um, one set of the chromosomes is then pushed outside of the egg in what is called a polar body, and then a developing egg actually does this twice. So it starts out with four copies of each chromosome, and if the process goes correctly, ends up with just one copy of each chromosome. So there's a lot of time for things to go awry. (laughs) And this is just the egg before
1: it's even ovulated yeah this it's is it so preparing. complex yeah we haven't even gotten to we haven't gotten very far yet <laughs> yeah it's like
0: it's yeah and mind-blowing the it author said yeah the author says a critical point to note in a point that many fertility doctors are not aware of which is kind of not Uh. good to hear is most of the chromosomal abnormalities in an egg do not accumulate gradually over 30 or 40 years as an egg ages but instead happens in a couple months before an egg is ovulated okay so aging does not directly cause chromosomal abnormalities Okay. It creates conditions that predispose eggs to mature incorrectly shortly before ovulation. Gotcha. So if you change the conditions before ovulation, you can increase the odds of an egg maturing with the correct number of chromosomes. Got it. So So it's not like you have no recourse just because you're
1: getting older is what you're saying. Yeah. So you You're can just more susceptible because the older you get, like you've you've um You've encountered a lot of toxins. Exactly. Your environmental exposure to things that can damage the egg, you've been at it longer than someone who's nineteen. Right. If by the time you're forty, twice as long, in fact, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like what if there was Sarah, like Because I feel like this is like the way all of our tissue behaves. Like the older you get, it's just more susceptible to breaking down because it's been exposed to
0: all these things that damage it. Mm -hmm. I wish we could. I wish there was like Botox for your eggs. Well, there might be Botox for your embryos. (laughs) But I don't know if we're going to talk about that in this episode. (laughs) Mm, Actually, it's a nice teaser. It's not Botox. (laughs) It's more of a shot of... Of B12? Yeah. (laughs) Like an energy shot. There you go. It's like Red Bull.
1: Red Bull for your embryos.
0: I think you should definitely save that.
1: I think I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I don't have any of the information about that process pulled up, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, but I know which one you're talking about I don't want to give misinformation about it. So so. how can an egg be predisposed to mature with an incorrect number of chromosomes? Yeah, what is it that causes it to go bad? (laughs) It turns out the energy producing structures inside eggs change significantly with age and in response to nutrients and other external factors. And what I'm talking about is mitochondria. She's talking about
1: mitochondria. Which you've She's heard of,
0: right? About mitochondria. Of course. It's found in nearly every cell in your body. Cell in your body. Yeah. Yes. And exactly. they're there little power plants in your cells that <laughs> <laughs> fuel sources into energy. And uh it's yeah, there's other things, but yeah, so this it makes energy. And it does all kinds of things, like it moves muscles, makes enzymes work, and powers nerve impulses. It's what ke- it's what powers your body. Like yeah, you said it's the little energy factories, and they're inside eggs too. So aha, uh-huh. they don't produce as much energy as they should, and that's when the chromosomes oh. don't.
1: You need the factory on high. You need high efficiency factory happening.
0: Yes. Like- Your workers cannot be on strike. Yes. So over time and in response to oxidative stress, which would be like BPA, mitochondria become damaged and less able to produce energy. And then that messes up your egg production. Mm.
1: Yeah. How can we turn it around? Well, um... And yeah. so you you mentioned BPA, but yeah, I feel like, so there's tons of environmental exposures of toxins, right? I mean, you right. that's just one. BPA like what would be is some other everywhere. Things? Um, yeah, it's
0: like, it's unavoidable. You can limit it, but I don't think you could totally avoid it. So there's BPA folates, and those are widely used in soft plastic vinyl cleaning products, nail polish, and fragrances. Mm. That's why I stopped using nail polish before <laughs> doing <laughs> IVF. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about like air quality, like where you live and what you breathe? And well, I'm I mean, just thinking of all types of toxins. There's not too much you can do about that. Well, no, but but that would be one that would be a contributing factor probably. Right. Or if we're talking
0: toxins, hello, alcohol... Smoking, uh, any well, kind of drugs for sure. Um, she, I don't know about alcohol. How much that affects egg quality? Well, it's a toxin,
1: so I would assume it's it's not good for anything. Well, it's probably not good. <laughs> they say red good. wine's good for your heart, but that's true in moderation.
0: <laughs> Who knows? If you drink the whole bottle, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm making sure my heart's good by drinking the whole bottle. (laughs) Right. Okay. So Um, another problem is low levels of vitamin D, which a lot of people have and do Uh not know they have. Yes. I mean, I know that I had low levels of vitamin D. As did I. At one. It wasn't even found because of fertility stuff. It was just like a routine test. Mine was.
1: To, I think I found it when my when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. They tested it as well, and he was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, your vitamin D level. If you live in a cold place, or like it's supposedly really low in the Midwest where it's cold and there's not a lot of sun. If you um, any place that's like where you don't see a
0: lot of sunlight for a lot of the year. What if you don't go outside, or if you don't go outside? <laughs> yeah. Because when the sun is here, it's really hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. Or if you, um,
1: certain ethnicities are more susceptible to low vitamin D because they don't absorb it as well. Like
0: uh, the darker your skin is, the more likely. Yes. Exactly. Because you have to be in the sun a long time. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But... And... P- taking a, so my immunologist thought that there, she does believe that there's a direct link of low vitamin D and miscarriage rates. Yeah, and uh, that's becoming a popular opinion,
0: I think. Uh, and it's
1: an easy one to fix. Like yeah, just take a vitamin take D vitamin supplement. D.
0: I've seen right. people take like fifty thousand, I yeah. like to shock their system. <laughs> Wake up into getting the vitamin D. But um researchers Mm -hmm. suspect that one of the ways vitamin D may improve infertility is by making the uterine lining more receptive to pregnancy. Aha. And And research also indicates that vitamin D plays a role in hormone production. And that includes hormones that control reproduction. So makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense
1: and it's an easy one to fix if you're not taking vitamin D do it anyway because it's like one of those that is not going to hurt anything I take 2000
0: IU I think yeah uh, I think
1: I was when I was trying to conceive at least that Mm -hmm. like a glass of milk is not that's not going to
0: quite cut it no and then (laughs) that could mess up your hormones too (laughs) in a different way yeah um
1: yeah, just stick with the supplements for for a vitamin D, I would say. Like you mm-hmm. you don't you're not going to get the amount that you need from milk. Is
0: was my point. Or food, really. Right. Um yeah. Another cause of another thing that has an effect on your egg health is hypothyroidism.
1: Ding ding ding. Which you have. I have
0: it and which a lot of women have. I it. just got <laughs> from being you have pregnancy pregnancy. induced yeah which is very common yeah yeah it's not a big deal I'm on medicine so yeah yeah Um, we've talked about hypothyroidism it's when your thyroid doesn't produce enough right Mm -hmm. it's underproducing it's underproducing what it's supposed to produce right thyroid stimulating hormone so fixing that should help yeah, that's another uh, yeah. quick
1: fix. I mean, sometimes it takes a while to, to
0: get, I shouldn't say it's a quick
1: fix, because it's a, uh, your dosage is very, like, dependent on you. Like, you have to kind of be monitored for a while to get the dosage right. Makes sense. But once you yeah. get it right, it's an easy thing to add in. It's just a pill,
0: really. <laughs> it's just a little tiny pill that you take in the morning, no big deal. Yes. Um, another thing is celiac disease, like, This is specific in the book and um, it messes with fertility by damaging the immune system or it messes with fertility because your immune system messes up your intestines, which can mess up the absorption of nutrients. Correct. There we go. Have you
1: noticed a theme from these last two?
0: Yeah, you need nutrients, and your body well, needs to absorb them correctly.
1: Both of those, hypothyroidism and celiac, celiac disease and any kind of autoimmune disease, is all... In other words, I've talked about it so many times, but your immune system it highly affects your fertility. Yeah, so
0: maybe... I don't know. It says... Uh, up to half of celiac patients carefully treated with gluten-free diet still showed vitamin deficiencies.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, they still have lower levels of folate and vitamin B6 and higher levels of homocysteine. Cysteine. Cysteine? Homocysteine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you
1: for that. <laughs> you exactly described the problems
0: with MTHFR. Okay. And exactly so- what you just said. Can that be fixed with taking supplements is my question. I don't know if that fixed is the right word, but I would say helped. Mm -hmm.
1: But I don't know that it's like fixed is the like I I, when I talked about MTHFR, we I talked about taking bioactive forms of L-methylfolate and bioactive forms of B6 and B9. B twelve because that's you're missing all of those if you have MTHFR, yeah, and those will all help the homocysteine come down, and the homocysteine is what's bad. Okay, you need it to come down. You need that homocysteine levels to not. That's what causes inflammation and blood clotting and all those things that we Ew. talk about and bad egg quality. In inflammation, just f's everything up. I'll just it does. tell everyone right now, it f's everything up. Your egg quality, your uterine lining, uh, an embryo's health, like it just screws things up. So you want to keep your inflammation
0: in check. You have <laughs> Sorry, 10 minutes. Sorry, was yawning. Sorry. <laughs> I think you have 10 minutes. Is that right? Yeah, I'm good. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Another one is gum disease. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, if you have gum disease... Is- not good. Gum disease is inflammation. Probably because inflammation. So it is inflammation. How to improve your egg quality. So taking all these supplements that are specific to what your problem is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this it starts with the egg, explains which supplements are right for which issue. So coq ten is a basic one which helps everyone. It's another one that cannot hurt. An antioxidant is good for everyone. And it's coenzyme Q10 is what it's short for. Yes. And it's a small molecule found in just about every cell in the body, including your eggs. And this book recommends at least 800 milligrams. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking 100, that's probably not going to do anything. Up the ante. Yeah, so at least 800 milligrams. Uh, everything. It's day. good for everything. Like, yeah. an antioxidant is good for
1: everything. It's just, it's going to be not just egg quality, it's going to be good for everything. So,
0: and it helps the mitochondria, is what it does. Gotcha. So, gives your eggs more power. Yes. Which is what you want. Um, another one. Just like antioxidants in general. Mm-hmm. She like recommends Antioxidant rich food and stuff. Yeah. Berries. Yeah. Um, she recommends melatonin. Really? Because I saw something that said to
1: avoid melatonin. Yeah, or maybe But Um, what I read was that it can decrease ovulation. So like an adverse effect, like it might, it might help your egg quality, but it might decrease your ovulation. So. Interesting. That's a, yeah, definitely take, talk to your doctor about that one. Yeah. I do love melatonin. (laughs) The insomniac
0: in me. I don't think I've ever taken melatonin. No, It works. It works. Um, uh,
1: I think, well, I was going to add to what you were saying, like from earlier, just an, an overall like healthy lifestyle is what you want. Like with diet, a decreased amount of alcohol and drugs, obviously. Yeah. And some light exercise would be good for, again, like bringing down inflammation in the system. Among other things, and reducing stress, because all of those things are going to be bad for your egg production, egg quality.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different type of types of supplements you can take too. Like besides doing what we were talking about before.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I would definitely do your research on any supplement and talk to your doctor because some of them are
0: contraindicated if you're doing, especially if you're doing IVF. Well, DHEA, yes, is not good for anyone who doesn't have diminished ovarian reserve. Right, like it's especially really,
1: not good for
0: someone with PCOS. Yeah, it's really bad for PCOS. So you could really mess things up if you take DHEA and you have a normal reveri- ovarian reserve or like a lot of eggs. Yeah, <laughs> and then your your uh, protocol. Can affect your egg quality, too, depending on what you're doing IVF for. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and we talked about even like the hormones can also have an effect on your eggs and mm-hmm. like the injectable hormones and trigger shots and all that stuff. But the but I mean, I think we gave some a few tips about like ways, things, things that you can control to improve. The yeah. Quality if you're and not doing to do it.
0: If you're not Four doing months. fertility treatments, then yes, supplements may be able to help you. Right, get pregnant without doing fertility treatments.
1: What's your favorite way to? Uh, I just don't underestimate the power of stress in the bat in a bad way. <laughs> oh, stress! Like your favorite stress reducer, like mm. yoga would probably be mine.
0: I was like, <laughs> I don't do yoga usually.
1: Maybe, maybe listening
0: to this podcast. Yeah, oh. maybe watching murder shows. <laughs> yeah, those bring my stress way down to see people I don't know get. Why. No, like watching Bones or Criminal Minds, <laughs> Just, which is what we're watching now. Anything that helps you relieve stress, do that. And yeah. then I
1: told you I found some weird ones like taking placenta capsules
0: (laughs) and you said royal jelly that's okay royal jelly has people say to take it for fertility but in the it starts at the egg book she said that it doesn't have any clinical things backing that up yeah so
1: and you told me it's the it's like what the bees in the hive give the give the queen yeah it's the royal jelly. Yeah, I don't think they, you're they ready feed ready for it to this her. Jelly.
0: <laughs> her body's too bootylicious. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. So you're taking the queen's jelly. The queen's jelly. Crazy. Those bees need everything they make.
1: I would rather do the. I would rather take the royal jelly than someone else's placenta capsules, mm-hmm. though.
0: Why would someone give away their placenta capsules? I don't know <laughs> don't I just know like if you're gonna encapsulate your placenta I'm guessing you're gonna use it yourself I, maybe there's a market for it like someone not only would want to take them but would pay for it well yeah
1: just I like assume. there's
0: there's a market in bodybuilding for breast milk
1: yeah. Who knew? So I guess there are people who
0: pay to eat someone else's placenta out there. Or someone else's like body production things. Yeah. Yeah. Which no judgment
1: here, but it is kind of an odd concept.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's odd because a lot of it is unregulated. Like you're not going to find placenta capsules in the store. No, you're not. Or breast milk.
1: <laughs> no yeah I feel like breast
0: milk's different than well I don't know <laughs> it's it's different when you donate it to a baby who needs it but to sell it is to a bodybuilder to I'd, yeah may, maybe I should start selling if I can breastfeed again mm. i gonna sell it to a bodybuilder that is yeah both of those concepts are just a little
1: weird to me but to each his own and bodybuilders pay quite
0: a bit for it
1: that's crazy yeah oh do they just like put it in their protein shake I don't know
0: (laughs) I I don't know uh that's odd but hey if you could make money selling it to bodybuilders why not (laughs) there you go (laughs) or donate it to the local NICU I've said that before. Well, I can't. (laughs) See, that's the problem. I know. Do what you got to do, folks. Yeah. If you need Uh, to
1: drink the milk of someone else's, out of someone else's boobie, go for it.
0: I wouldn't let them (laughs) drink it directly out. That'd be weird. Uh, That would cross over into something else. (laughs) Into some kind of weird fetish. Yeah. (laughs) So we are devolving <laughs> out of the box. Do you want to do out of the box today? We skipped it last time. Yeah, let's do it. We have we We're going to We're going to do a very short out of the box. Yeah, about so, height differences.
1: Height differences. You
0: and your significant other? Yes. You and your person.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got to talking about this because I'm 5'10 and Sarah's 5'1.
0: <laughs> That's right. So But our husbands are the same height. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you and I went to prom together, I would have to be the big spoon in the back. Yeah. Definitely. My best friend in high school was six foot. Is six foot. (laughs) We looked ridiculous together. Like walking around. (laughs)
1: You were like, um what is it? Gumby
0: and what's the
1: short one's name?
0: (laughs) I don't remember. I haven't really you know watched Gumby though, right? in forever. Okay, well <laughs> That's Who's not true I started it last short week couple. for Bjorn and he did not like it, so
1: Oh I mean, I mean Gumby is kind of creepy. It is creepy, especially the first episode. All the little claymation it's yeah. 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 But stick yeah. with
0: Sesame Street. Or Mickey Mouse. There you go. Whatever.
1: Sesame, the bird, and... Big bird, and... Anyone um, else. Anyone else.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But I always think height differences between couples are always interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Uh, when the girl is close to the guy's height.
1: Which is exactly where I am. But that's the way it's been most of my life. I will say... I have dated men that were shorter than me. Hmm. And... What was that like? (laughs) Well, I mean, if I'm totally honest, yes is a little awkward sometimes.
0: If I'm totally honest. Did you have to lean down to kiss them? (laughs) Did you kiss them on top of their heads? (laughs) come here, honey. <laughs> He's on his tippy toes. <laughs> yeah, you asked me if I've ever dated anyone else shorter than me. I'm like, I don't think I've seen guys shorter than me. I don't,
1: I don't think there are people shorter than you. <laughs>
0: yeah. And if no. I see people shorter than me, I try to get Peter to take a sneaky picture.
1: <laughs> but he won't do it. No, I don't think there's anything like, I don't Obviously, that doesn't matter. It's the person that matters. And those guys that I dated that were shorter than me, it didn't work out for uh, reasons unrelated to height. But Did they have Napoleon complex. <laughs> actually, one of them, yes, very much. And you also, listen, I like to wear a good uh, stiletto every now and then. And that's just out of the question when the guy you're dating is like way shorter than you already. So, <laughs> yeah, I could see that.
0: <laughs> I can wear shoes as high as I want with Peter and I'll still be way shorter than him. <laughs> That's good for you. You've got all the options in the world but my dad's
1: dancing harder a little tricky yeah. My dad is six four six three or six four my mom's about your height. she's like five <laughs> two and one year for Halloween. They went as Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Isn't that so cute? That is cute. So if you're a tall and short couple, you can go as Jack and the Beanstalk for Christmas. That's so for, cute. For Christmas, for Christmas. For Halloween. You can do it any time <laughs> of the year. Right. Really? Just walk around. I'm Jack. He's the stalk. How tall is your sister? Uh, She's like 5'4". So you uh, got- She's like the weird one. I got dad's height. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. You guys still make fun of your mom for being short.
1: Oh, of course. How can you not? Yeah. But listen, people always say women, especially like, oh, I wish I was tall. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I promise. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. It's not. It's not as glamorous as it might seem. I don't look as short when I'm
0: sitting down. No, I had I would have never guessed you were five1. <laughs> but when I'm standing up, I don't really stand up I'm the same height.. <laughs> Bjorn's like taller than you. He is toddler. so tall. <laughs> he's gonna be taller than me in second grade, I bet. <laughs> At least fourth grade, he's gonna be taller than me. Well, that's okay. He'll take yeah. good
1: care of you. be a nice big, strong boy. I guess so.
0: (laughs) I'd rather him be tall than short. Since you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I would say life is usually a
1: little easier for men if they're taller, and it's I think a little easier for women if they're on the shorter side. That's my biased opinion as a tall woman.
0: Yeah, I can see
1: that. Yeah. What do you guys think? Let us know. How tall tall are you? yeah somewhere in the middle average do you do you date someone way taller than you or way shorter than
0: you or married oh, my friend who is six foot her she wears an eight shoe size oh so she
1: has small feet for yeah her height. It's
0: super it's funny <laughs> she trips a lot she, she looks like she has little stub feet <laughs> yeah she has like tiny feet for being so tall oh. yeah that's funny it probably does contribute to her clumsiness, <laughs> Or that could be I her drinking. Imagine. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and on that note, we're going to end there, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you haven't already, please come join our closed Facebook group called The Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear
0: all kinds of talk about eggs and balls and stuff. In our next episode, we're talking about fitting in, trying- That's right. Talking to anyone about infertility. uh, Who maybe feels like they're not, they don't
1: quite fit into the community. They're like a square Ah. peg in a round hole.
0: Right. That kind of thing.
1: Yeah. We had a special request from actually more than one person to do that topic. Like people that are doing IVF, not because they're infertile, that kind of thing. Talking to you.
0: So join us next time. And thanks for joining the infertile mafia. There you go. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.